is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackleman. It is Thursday, December 24th, the day before the Fantasy Football Championship round. What did you think I was going to say something else? Championship Eve. Twas the night before championship round and all through the house. Yeah, I'm not going to go any further than that, but... Yeah, here we are, and today is a special deluxe episode where I'll go over wide receiver cornerback matchups and all the other matchups, so kind of combining what we normally do on uh, you know, Thursday and Friday into one show, because no show tomorrow, I'll be off with the fam, I'll also be watching a football game at 4.30, don't forget about that game, man, just set a little alarm, just in case there are any surprise inactives. Obviously, a lot of fantasy-relevant players going in that contest between the Vikings and the Saints, and I'll break down my thoughts on that on the matchups in that game in just a minute. But first, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com. There are no salary caps. You don't have to play against Sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course football. MonkeyKnifeFight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So I've said this a couple times during the course of the year, but I, I think this is a great time to sort of reiterate this. Two things. First and foremost, if you like player props or even the idea of player props and you haven't done them before and you're in a state that doesn't have sports betting but does have monkey knife fight, you're getting the same experience. It's not exactly the same concept. You know, it's still a DFS game, but it's the over-under concept. that. So it's the same experience, and I think that's really cool. Beyond that, this week is the last week for fantasy football in the regular season. So why not? Especially during the playoffs. It's like there's gonna be a lot of fun during the playoffs on Monkey Knife Fight. So use that promo code RANT and that'll help uh well it'll help you out, it'll help me out, it'll help Monkey Knife Fight out. It's all good right there. So let's dive into the uh matchups here for this week. We'll kick things off with the Friday game. Like I said, don't forget to just set a little alarm. Uh this is a four thirty Eastern kickoff, so maybe three fifteen Eastern just to check. Inactive, so I don't think anything's going to be surprising here, uh, but you never know. Uh, on the Minnesota side, will it be a happy Christmas here for Dalvin Cook and Dalvin Cook's fantasy managers? Well, potentially. Obviously, he's been phenomenal this year. He he's he's seen twenty five goal line carries. Those are super high value touches. Ten of his fifteen rushing scores have come on those goal line carries. But of course, the Saints not particularly a good matchup for opposing running backs. So there is that. However, I'm not going to overthink Dalvin Cook just because of the volume he's seeing. You know, so I'm not going to go overboard here. He could have 30 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown and still be just fine, right? Uh, that's that's the direction I think Minnesota goes here. Uh, Justin Jefferson's been phenomenal this year as well. Six 100-yard games, only Hopkins and Ridley have more. 
He's a top 12 play this week. On the other side, Drew Brees is back. Did not look particularly spry last week. The arm strength isn't quite there. I can't get behind using him as a streamer option this week if he was available. The Vikings allow 1.9 passing scores per game, but I just don't want to get behind Brees here. I will say, though, that Emmanuel Sanders, the matchup isn't that bad for Sanders. The starting trio of Vikings corners have allowed 13 combined scores, uh, so not too shabby. You know, not too shabby there for uh, Manny Sanders. As for Alvin Kamara, you know, every week. We just we fire him up. Uh, Sanders will be helped by no, no Michael Thomas. Uh, let's move on to Tampa and Detroit. Remember, three games on Saturday. Don't forget those. Uh, unlike Breeze, Brady, I don't think, I, I, I haven't seen any decline in his arm. I know that was the big narrative. But I think that there's just this echo chamber that often happens. Like it really happens in fantasy in the fantasy industry, which is one of the things I don't like about the industry. I love this industry. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of great friends. You know, for for a long time in my life, you know, I was like, eh, I, I don't really fit in here. I don't fit in there. When I went to my first fantasy conference, but it was like way back in like 2011. I was like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> I fit in here, and everybody's been cool all along. But there's like people on the fringes of the industry who, you know, there's the echo chamber effect. You know, it is what it is. It's one thing I don't like about it, but it's sports in general. People say something and then everybody says it. Oh, Tom Brady has a noodle arm. Boom. Now everybody's saying it. I never saw that in New England. He just didn't have anybody to throw the ball downfield to. Now he does, and now he is seemingly a little bit more on page with the Bruce Arians offense than he was earlier in the season. He looks just fine, man. And he's leading the league in air yards, 4,619 passing air yards. That's good. Air yards mean opportunity. And he's facing a Detroit defense that allows 275.5 net passing yards, 2.1 passing scores per game to quarterbacks. Brady is a top 10 option this week. Uh, Like Gronk as well this week, just kind of locked in. I know he was disappointing last week, but he had seven targets. He also has 14 end zone targets on the season. That's fourth in the league right now. Leonard Fournette. (laughs) He's a strong fantasy option this week because Ronald Jones won't play. Who? Ronald Jones won't play this week. So Fournette, an unlikely fantasy hero, potentially against a a really good matchup. The Lions allow 1.2 rushing scores per game. The most fantasy points allowed. uh, Two running backs this season, so it's just a great matchup there. Uh, as far as uh, the the wideouts are concerned, I actually really dig this matchup for Mike Evans in particular. Brady really seemed to get on the same page with Evans last week, and um, you know they connected five times for 110 yards. It was his first 100 yard performance since Week Four, and he's got a legit shot of going up over a thousand yards yet again. It really comes down to the matchup against Amani Ruarie. It's a really nice matchup. 16 and a half yards per catch on the season, uh, which is what a Ruarie is allowing. So go after it. Go after it. Uh, like Mike Evans a lot this week as a DFS option. If I was going to stack, that, that'd that be the direction I'd go. Not, um, not Godwin, not Antonio Brown. On the other side, well, the matchup is not good for the run game. Tampa has been really the, the stingiest in terms of yards this season to opposing backfields, 3.14 yards per carry. Yikes. But it is DeAndre Swift's show. Last week, 42 snaps, Peterson 16, carry on 7. So he's he's an RB2 play. 
you really just hope it comes down to some volume here, and then Swift has a little bit of juice from from an upside standpoint. So there is that. Uh, as far as uh, the passing game is concerned, I actually don't think we see a shadow for Marvin Jones, and, and we saw last week the reason why we start him. San Francisco, Arizona, Raheem Mostert, obviously on injured reserve, so it's Jeff Wilson in the lead. I dig Wilson from a volume standpoint. He has taken advantage of his opportunities. The only problem here, of course, is C.J. Beathard will be under center. But I said this yesterday on the pod, and I'm going to reiterate it. I think that they're just going to pound the ball on the ground. So it's going to be lots of Mostert, and that's not a bad thing for fantasy purposes. Brandon Ayuk, 29 targets over the last two weeks. Even with Beathard under center, I think Ayuk is a top 12 play. Uh, As far as the other side is concerned, only four running backs have seen more than 50 red zone carries. Kenyon Drake is one of them. That is a meaningless stat, though, especially last week when Chase Edmonds is out touching him and out snapping him. So what about this week? Well, I don't know if Chase Edmonds plays. He was DNP, DNP the last two days. So if he doesn't get to limited, he's not going to be on the field. Uh, It's not a great matchup. Uh, 49ers allowing 3.72 yards per carry to opposing backfields. But, you know, here's the but. It's a volume play. Again, you know, it could be a tough matchup, but if he touches the ball 25 times, it's going to be really hard for Kenyon Drake to not be an RB2. So think about that. Christian Kirk, I, I don't mind this for DeAndre Hopkins, even though it's a tough matchup, but just it's a volume play again. But Christian Kirk, so the the, the thing about the Cardinals wideouts, they don't move them around much. Kirk has been on the right 80% of the time this season, so he's basically going to see almost all of his coverage from Richard Sherman. I don't think I have to explain that one. It's not a good week for Kirk. Miami and the Raiders. Josh Jacobs is getting fed. 18.8 carries per game. He saw 12 red zone carries, six goal line carries last week. The Dolphins are pretty good on the defensive side of the ball, but they do allow 4.4 yards per carry to opposing backs. So I think Jacobs is just fine as a top 12 play. And actually, it's really interesting. Derek Carr is... Going to be back on the field. This is like an Ali-like return, comeback right here for Derek Carr. He practiced in full yesterday. Uh, He's going to be on the field, and I think that helps the offense ultimately here. But, you know, it's more of a Waller and and Jacobs thing than anything here. Uh, And and I actually don't like the matchup for Nelson Aguilar. He's going to have to face a lot of Xavier Howard. I don't think it's going to be a shadow situation by any means. But Howard, uh, nine picks at eight pass breakups on the season. He's been phenomenal. Obviously a pro bowler now as well. On the other side, Miles Gaskin will be back. It looks like he was activated off of the reserve COVID list and looks like he'll be on the field. So Savan Ahmed, if you picked him up, I think he's droppable in you know, basically non-keeper leagues. I guess I'd keep him on a roster if it was a keeper league just because you never know. But um, Non-keeper leagues, he is droppable because I would expect Gaskin to be back in that three-down role that he was in earlier in the season. Not a bad matchup as well. The Raiders allowing 4.88 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Fourth highest in the league right there. So Gaskin, every bit of an RB2 play this week. Um, Moving on to Atlanta and Kansas City. Calvin Ridley, 1708. That's how many air yards he has. That's a lot. It leads the league. 36 targets. Traveling at least 20 yards in the air. Also, over 11 targets per game when Julio Jones is sidelined. I don't think Julio plays this week. I think that Ridley is a top five play. Dig it. I dig it. Todd Gurley is droppable. And get this. 
Todd Gurley is droppable in dynasty leagues. That's where we are now. If you didn't trade him a couple years ago, you missed your window. And there's nothing worse in dynasty leagues than having to drop a player. But that's where we are with Gurley. Played 16 snaps last week. Ito Smith is the lead back. He's kind of a desperation uh, start as a flex this week. But really, emphasis on desperation. You don't need a reason to start Patrick Mahomes. But uh, it's a pretty good matchup. 302.9 net passing yards per game. Second most in the league. So yeah, put that together with Patrick Mahomes. And you expect... Fireworks, of course, with Ty Freak here as well. 41 red zone targets for Tyreek Hill. And remember, my red zone targets are the real red zone targets. It's based on where the receiver is located, not where the line of scrimmage is. It's a much more effective way of gauging uh, red zone usage. So that those are huge. Such high-value targets. 29 targets of 20-plus yards. He scored on seven of those targets. That's insanity. He's good. I don't need to tell you that. But what about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell? So Edwards-Alaire obviously not playing. Lev Bell will get the lead duties. He's an RB2 play against the Falcons who just allowed two scores to Leonard Fournette. And this is like the most 2020 thing ever. There could be teams out there who win this week because of Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette. <laughs> like, Stay on brand, 2020. Stay on brand. Cleveland and the Jets. Baker is rolling. Top five fantasy quarterback over the last three weeks. It's tempting to use him here, but I'm not going to get too cute here uh, because Mayfield, I, I think he's a streamer, but I'm not going to use him over like you know somebody who you might be a little worried about, like Russell Wilson. I'm not going to use him ahead of him. I'm not going to use him ahead of... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who I'm not actually worried about, or Deshaun Watson. Some people might be worried about that matchup. Not, I'm not going to use him. So just keep that in mind. But if you've been streaming this season, sure, he's viable. I like Jarvis Landry here as well. He's going to face plenty of Javelin Guidry, uh, who is allowing an 80% catch rate uh, in six games played this season. So there you go right there. Uh, of course, going to be a lot of Nick Chubb in this one. On the other side, I don't really have much to report for the Jets, but I will say that the matchup is also good out of the slot for Jamison Crowder. Kevin Johnson covering the slot. He's allowed 30 catches on 42 targets this season. Moving on to Indy and Pittsburgh. Jonathan Taylor continuing to shine. 20 touches for 95 scrimmage yards and a score last week. Over the last three weeks, only Monty, David Montgomery, has more fantasy points. So that's good. Also, the fact that Jordan Wilkins didn't play any snaps last week, it's all pointing up for Taylor. The matchup is not good, though. The Steelers have allowed just 78.7 rushing yards per game to opposing backfields, but it doesn't really matter. With Taylor, it's the volume and the recent play, so that sort of negates the matchup. Phillip Rivers isn't a streamer this week, by the way. Uh, The Steelers, just 215.9 net passing yards per game. They're right down there with the Rams as one of the toughest against the pass. On the other side, it's just a wild ride with this passing game. But here's the crazy thing about Deontay Johnson. He has 126 targets on the season. Like This guy, for this bumpy ride that we've had, is tied for ninth among wideouts. And last week, it really didn't matter, even though they were awful. And I really do think this has been being more banged up than we realize. But they were awful offensively, and Deontay Johnson was just fine. So I'm going to continue to use him as a wide receiver two option. Uh, If I had to choose one Juju or Chase Claypool, I would choose Juju. It's the safer play. He's the more likely to score the most points. And that's what it comes down to this week. You don't need upside. Upside has never won a fantasy championship, ever. 
what has won fantasy championships are more points than your opponent. So even if you think you need upside, what you ultimately need is to score the most points possible. Put yourself in a position to do so. Don't start the guy with quote-unquote upside. Start the guy who's most likely to score the most points. That's what it comes down to. James Conner looks like he'll be back, by the way. Slides in as an RB2 option. It's um, it's not the best matchup. 3.83 yards per carries with the Colts are allowing, but he's certainly still in play as an RB2. Uh, David Montgomery is rolling. He is rolling. He's the number one fantasy running back over the last month. Another big day last week. 32 carries, a buck 46, two scorers. Nine red zone carries in that contest. He's an elite play against this Jags defense, allowing 117 rushing yards per game to opposing backfields. They also allow 2.2 scores per game through the air. So Mitchell Trubisky is arguably the top streamer of the week. And Allen Robinson going to face Trey Herndon, Sidney Jones, and Chris Claybrooks, allowing 11 combined receiving scores this season. Uh, Robinson is going to go off. Feast. In this one. On the other side, though, a lot of eyes are on another Robinson. James Robinson, will he play? It's not looking good. Uh, he's not going to practice this week, so we'll very likely see a, a committee of a Divine Zigbo and Daria Gumbawale. I don't really like that. Uh, there's no fantasy appeal there for me. There's no feeling of fantasy appeal really largely across the Jags. Uh, the G-Men versus the Ravens. The Mark Ingram era is over in Baltimore. Long live J.K. Dobbins. I know Gus Edwards is still in the mix. Uh, but from a snap volume standpoint, over the last three weeks, 93 snaps for Dobbins, 61 for Edwards. So it's really Dobbins in the front, uh, you know, in the lead there. He's a front-end RB2 play this week against the Giants. Giants have been pretty friendly to opposing running backs. Number nine matchup. For the position on the other side, though, not trusting Wayne Gallman. He's backsliding over the last two weeks, just 38th among running backs in fantasy scoring. Otherwise, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Lamar, Mark Andrews, maybe Marquise Brown as a wide receiver three play. Cincinnati and Houston. David Johnson, of course. Why not? Let's add him to the list here. Surprise RB1 play last week, 59 out of six or 55 out of 69 snaps, that is, with Duke Johnson not playing. 24.3 PPR points. Cincinnati's allowing 4.9 yards per carry to opposing running backs. And I don't think Duke plays again this week, so why not? David Johnson, top 12. Can we trust Gio, though? Giovanni Bernard, 26 touches against the Steelers. No, we can't trust him. Of course not. He only had six touches the week before, but I do think he is an RB2 play. Houston is allowing 5.4 yards per carry, 1.2 rushing scores per game to opposing running backs. Only Detroit allows more fantasy points per game to the position, and that's pretty much all I'm going to trust on that side of things. As for, oh, by the way, Brandon Cooks, uh, don't love the matchup because I do think William Jackson will shadow him. So uh, over the last month, Jackson allowed seven catches on 18 targets. He's been pretty good. Pretty good. Hasn't allowed a touchdown since week eight. Uh, moving on to Denver and the Chargers. Melvin Gordon scored twice last week, but remember, 15 touches, 14 for Philip Lindsay. So it's far from a lock here. Now, do we have a little bit of a narrative here? Yes, we do, because it is a Melvin Gordon revenge game. But I'm not going to get too crazy. Uh, still a back-end RB2. Noah Fant, though, stud after last week. 8 on 11 for 68 and a score locked in as a top 10 play. On the other side, it is really dicey with Keenan Allen, and I get it. It's a great matchup if Keenan Allen plays, 
but we can't guarantee that. Even if he does suit up, 24 out of 66 snaps last week doesn't instill much confidence. So what do we do if we have Keenan Allen? Uh, honestly, if I don't see him get to full by Friday, I am very likely just going to fade him in my fantasy lineups to be safe because I'd rather be safe than sorry in the fantasy championship round. It's kind of where I am with that. Everything else is relatively straightforward. Just make sure that you have uh, Tyron Johnson on speed dial just in case. Carolina, Washington, no Christian McCaffrey yet again. Lackluster Mike Davis. He's more of a flex option this week against a tough Washington defense that allows 86.1 rushing yards per game to opposing backfields. That's pretty stingy. If I had to use one of these wideouts, and it is kind of pick your poison, it's DJ Moore. I don't love it. But it's it's he's the the most likely to score here, uh, score the most fantasy points. That is on the other side. It somehow looks like Dwayne Haskins is actually going to be the starter here, despite the whole like nightclub debacle. Uh, so if he's there, that's good for Terry McLaurin. It's good for Logan Thomas. Thirteen catches last week. He's got sixty two on the season. Only Kelsey and Waller have more, which is kind of crazy when you think about that. So he's a top ten option this week. Uh, you can use J.D. McKissick as well as a top 24 option at running back. Philly and Dallas. Jalen Hurts is a stud. Here are the list of quarterbacks I'd play ahead of Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. That is it. That's the list. Miles Sanders also in a good spot here against Dallas, allowing 4.92 yards per carry to opposing running backs. What about Tony Pollard? Well, Ezekiel Elliott could be active here, and if he is active, you can't use Tony Pollard as anything more than a desperation flex play. Elliott would be a really rough RB2. I wouldn't want to use him, but, you know, fingers crossed. If he's inactive, Tony Pollard is a top, he's top 15, maybe top 12. So, he, you know, pretty strong play. And, of course, I mentioned yesterday, and I'll say it again, Amari Cooper scoring just over uh, right around three more PPR points per game against the Eagles than the rest of the league since he joined the Cowboys. So I like Cooper in this one. Rams in Seattle. uh, Well, it's tough to be too confident about Russell Wilson. The the Rams defense is the toughest matchup for opposing quarterbacks. 212.6 net passing yards, 1.1 passing scores. And the Seahawks are running more, but I, I can't see getting crazy here and streaming somebody over Russell Wilson. He's a back-end quarterback one for me. These games are always weird games, but uh, you know he's still a top-12 option. I do think we'll see plenty of Chris Carson, but remember that the Rams are also good against the run. Sixth worst matchup. So Carson top 15, but not top 10. Uh, Cam Akers won't play, so what do we do with Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown? I do think that it's Henderson as the guy who figures to see more touches, so he's he's the better fantasy option. He's a back-end RB2, Malcolm Brown, more of a desperation flex play. Tennessee, Green Bay, Derrick Henry closing in on 2,000 yards. Green Bay, really favorable to opposing backfields. 4.44 yards per carry to opposing backs, so Henry should close that gap this week. Put 2,000 within reach. Ryan Tannehill against the Packers defense, 244.3 net passing yards per game. Eighth fewest fantasy points allowed as well. So Tannehill's still a top 12 option. But, you know, again, Jalen Hurts or Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it's Jalen Hurts this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, not the best performance last week, but, you know, 
he's going to bounce back here. Titans allowing six, the six most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. By the way, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, kind of tricky there. It's like downgrade slash upgrade for them. Whenever they see Jair, it's a downgrade. Whenever they see Kevin King, it's an upgrade. So I don't think there's a shadow here, by the way. Usually that doesn't happen. Uh, when there's you know two good receivers, that's why I don't think that DK Metcalf gets shadowed by Jalen Ramsey this week. Uh, moving on to our final contest, Buffalo and New England. Shout out Bills Mafia. Josh Allen's pretty freaking good. Pretty freaking good. I love when I'm wrong. Last year, I think I, I mean my take wasn't wrong last year. He wasn't he wasn't that good last year. I didn't think he was going to have this big of an improvement, so I love that I'm wrong. He's phenomenal, man. He's phenomenal. And the downfield passing is awesome. 90 passing attempts of at least 20 yards in the air. He's leading all passers there. And, you know, this isn't the best matchup. 1.2 passing scores per game is all the Patriots are allowing. But I can't see fading Allen in most situations. He's a mid-range quarterback one with the fantasy championship on the line. Don't go crazy because of Devin Singletary ripping off a long touchdown at the very end of, you know, basically a garbage time touchdown last week. Uh, He's not in play this week. If I'm going to use a Patriots wideout, it's Jacoby Myers. That's it. I'm going to use any Patriots, it's Jacoby Myers. He had um, six catches for 58 yards against the Bills back in week eight, but he is coming off a 100-yard game. He's a wide receiver four, but I think you could kind of like in desperate situations use him as a wide receiver three. At least he'll see some volume, and I, I don't mind the matchup out of the slot. That's the better matchup, uh, you know, or the best matchup for the Patriots receiver. So there you go, all 16 freaking games, baby, uh, from uh, yours truly here and from, you know, everybody at the Sawdust Podcast Network. We want to wish you a happy holidays, happy and safe And, uh, of course, big things to come next year for us, and I'm sure for you for fantasy purposes as well. Uh, But, uh, you know, again, I'll be back on Monday. I'll recap everything that we saw here and get us, uh, you know, situated for Week 17 and beyond. It's going to be fun, man. But this has been a wild ride this season, and I really appreciate you listening, especially if you've listened straight on through. I see you, Rat Pack. The Rat Pack diehards listen every second of this podcast, and I love it. I love it, man. Love it. So I appreciate you. Uh, and and again, happy holidays. Uh, please continue to review the show on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is open up your uh, Apple Podcast app if you have an iPhone, and then go to my podcast, scroll to the bottom, click the stars. If not, you can search it out, uh, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, Apple Podcasts on the web, and it's pretty easy to review it from there. All those reviews matter so much for this podcast, so please, please, please help me out. Of course, help me out by just going on over to ftnfantasy.com if you want my rankings, projections, all of it fully updated here as we head into tomorrow's football action. And I'll give it another refresh tomorrow around uh, 3.15, 3.30 Eastern. All right? At Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag RatPack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And, of course, we'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out of here. 